Hey, this is uh, this is another one of them things. This is uh, technically episode two, but episode one, I think, because the other episode was episode zero. But either way, welcome to the No Friends podcast, uh, where there are no friends, only buddies. And unlike the last episode where I was alone, today I'm joined by a man with a clinkling glass, a man known as Christian Torres. Please introduce yourself, sir. I, uh, hot, uh, that's my introduction. I like to stumble <laughs> over things. It sets a good precedent for what's to come. Uh, what's up, man? Thank you for having me on your show, which you only sprung on me like an hour ago. You're like, do you want to do a podcast? And I'm always for yes-anding, as you know. So uh, thanks for having me on, man. That's no, awesome. Thanks for doing this with me at your house with your equipment and your software <laughs> and all of your shit. Uh, this is brought to you by the Christian Torres Company. Yeah, I like how you're like, do you want to do a podcast? I'm like, yeah, yeah. You're like, well, you need to provide all the recording equipment, all the software in order to which to record on, uh, you know, maybe some, some fucking cameras for the vlogging aspect yeah, of it. Yeah, I mean, it. I don't want to bring my computer. I don't want you to see all my porn just yet. <laughs> I'm not ready for that. But uh, so basically the way that I like to do this show is uh, I don't want to talk about myself. I mean, usually the way I have it in mind, because I haven't done this a lot yet, is uh, just give the ball to you, see where you want to go. I had news stories ready, and maybe I could ask you about those that I talked about yesterday when I recorded. But other than that, uh, I don't really have anything planned for this one. So, yeah, What's man, mind, I'm not saying we don't have to do news stories if you really feel passionate about the news story. No, what I, what I would say is I think what's interesting is when you uh, when you pitch this to me in general, it seemed really fascinating because it just seemed like a genuine conversation between people yeah. uh, and our our personal and creative lives sort of overlap although it's it's that middle part of the venn diagram you know what i mean like yeah, i'm yeah, over yeah. here you're over here but in the middle we yeah. make a fucking reese's peanut butter cup yeah. <laughs> uh so so uh, i thought it was a really fascinating thing so i mean we could talk about the news but other than that i really just wanted to kind of if i can give some context i just sure. moved from la or mm-hmm. moved to la from mm-hmm. the east coast uh, brooklyn and philadelphia and uh, you had been out here for a while, and I'd been teasing, like, hey, I'm going to be moving. Yep. And I'm sure you hear that a lot, right? People say it all the time that they're going to move here. I have a lot of friends who I met in college who are like, oh, I'm going to make it out there someday. And I don't know. I feel like you really got to come out here so you can have, like, your knees properly knocked out from under you. Because, like, you think you're hot shit. Like, no matter how big a fish you are in that pond, you come out here, though they're still going to clip your gills. Like, they're going to knock you down a peg. Uh, I totally agree with that. Which, But uh, for me, New York was my gill cutting, uh, my my, dol- my <laughs> dolphin tuna Japanese scandal. Yeah, uh, New York is definitely one of those cities. Like, to be honest, I'm not, I'm sure this, I mean, what's fascinating to me about LA is that it's built on the fucking broken, shattered dreams of millions and shit like that. But I would say that at least they keep up the facade for a while. It's yeah. like, hey, you can, you're just one audition away, guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas New York, they're trying to beat you into submission, <laughs> okay? <laughs> like, from the parking tickets, fucking de Blasio, like, just the MTA never working. Hey, L.A. has parking tickets, okay? We have our fair share. Just well, it's, fair. I mean, parking but, tickets. I've been eight feet away before, and uh, I was, like, seven feet, 11, and five-sixths of a fucking thing, and they still gave me a $95 ticket. Oh, but it's, it's, a, it's like, you're not allowed to be poor in New York. You're not allowed to be poor anywhere, but no. specifically in New York. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, L.A., though you don't feel as bad walking on everyone's shattered dreams because you know that yours are just right behind you and they're about to fall on top of them. I, I agree that's the that's the thing I think everyone comes here and they're like no man but I'm gonna be different no. it's like probably not but I do genuinely believe this I think the difference between people who make it and people who don't make it it's it's kind of willpower and determination it, it starts with doing it like honestly the thing that I've been thinking about is uh, recently, and this is kind of, it's not really obscure, but I think it's kind of weird. I keep thinking about uh, Joaquin Phoenix in an interview for The Joker. He was talking about like when he was trying to lose weight for something, and he talks about like self-control and like just being able to control yourself and actually getting yourself to do these things that you want to do. And I don't know. That's like what's on my mind right well, now. Well, so. but, but, like for me, New York was that in as much that beforehand I was a writer, Mm-hmm. And I was a smug asshole about movies. Sure. And this is my issue with other smug assholes about movies who aren't doing anything creative, which uh, is just like, look, man, if you can do better, put your fucking hat in the ring. You know what I'm saying? Sort of sort of deal like that. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I feel like I need to get back into doing those things. Like I haven't made a short experimental film in like over a year. Like I edited and shot some stuff last year, but 
I didn't. Well, really I, I think that's the good thing, thing is we are going to keep each other accountable. I, that's one thing. <laughs> I like I didn't move across the country away from my favorite fucking place in the world. This is a close second, though. Um, to, It'll become first. Well, to not do the thing that I want to do. What I was saying is like, look, I see a lot of the fringe Hollywood. Like if Brian Posehn out, and I like Brian Posehn, not trying to talk shit about him, but an objectively unfuckable human being, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if he's listening. Like, but he he has cultivated enough of a following that he has. Like, Netflix specials people know him and stuff I don't think it's necessarily about looking like fucking Brad Pitt or DiCaprio or fucking any of these people what I think it is is not being so afraid of failure that you fail to launch it's it goes back honestly to comedy do you know what the most important rule of comedy is? timing it's timing yeah, yeah. I should have stopped you earlier no, I mean sorry that was perfect, I was gonna do I a mean, vaudevillian yeah. fucking, like, timing <laughs> who's we on smoke first? cigars <laughs> yeah. yeah timing's on first no but it's it's it goes like that's a ripple effect of that. Like meeting one person here leads to another thing there. It's it's a weird city. I, I can't tell you, man, how many times I've met people. It's like, yeah, man, I just had lunch with Tarantino. Like right. I hear that shit all the time. And it's it's knowing how to get through the bullshit and like just being able to capitalize on every opportunity you get. Like right. I haven't done background work this year yet, but I'm hopefully going to get some because getting on set can be cool and that can lead to other things. And that's Bro, Black I, Monday season two, though. You going to be in it? You going to be smoking <laughs> another cigarette? In yeah, Black yeah, that'll be me. I w- oh, yeah, I was on Black Monday. Were, yeah, 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 that was me smoking a cigarette. How do I episode. know your filmography yeah, better than you? <laughs> well, because I misheard you. I heard like a bl- or Monday. I was like, oh, my God, is that a new show out there? No, but yeah, yeah. It, it was um, for Ballers. That was I got to be a stand in on that one. What? That's why I like to mention that one. Yeah, I was a stand in for The Rock. You were the standard no, for the rock. No, there, there was like a guy who was a Coca-Cola okay, rep, okay. and uh, he was just one episode. Because when they told me that, I was like, oh, my God, I have an in. But yeah. then it's like, no, nah, he's working one day. It's right. like, fuck, almost. And I didn't even get a SAG voucher, even though I was supposed to. Right. It was literally because, uh, what's the name of that British rock star guy? Which one? Uh, <laughs> There's many. He, ha- he has a talk show, and he was in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh, oh, Russell Brand. Yeah, Russell Brand. Yeah, yeah. Because he literally brought too many friends on the set, and they there was like things they yelled out in the audience. He was <laughs> able to give out all their SAG vouchers to them, oh. and they didn't have enough for me. Well, there it, it is. You get, is there a quota per production? You have to get. Well, I think so. Okay. Like at least like when they go out there, they're set to know that they're going to have it for this many people. Right. I guess they didn't know they were going to need a stand-in, but I got paid for a stand-in rate. There's this, uh, there's this. I, it's, I guess it's an urban legend, or it's true. But uh, being John Malkovich, right, the Spike Jones film, great movie. Uh, it's a great fucking movie. There's that part uh, when they're on the highway. I think when they're when they bust out of Malkovich world and it's yeah, in the highway yeah. for some reason. Yeah, and, and someone. Well, someone like says, hey, Malkovich, and throws a bottle and like hits Malkovich on the head. So that wasn't scripted. That guy just decided to say, hey, Malkovich, but it played. So he got a fucking yeah. sad card for that, man, because he had a speaking role yeah. in Spike Jones's if, film. If you say something, that'll get you a voucher. I mean, I've heard stories. I met a guy actually doing that background gig. Guy who ended up giving me a ride home. I'm very good at getting free rides when I'm doing those background gigs. Nice. It's very important. But I met this guy, and he was saying, yeah, man, I'm in Vice because they called in a bunch of people who look Middle Eastern, and they're like, who knows a prayer? No one else volunteered. They're like, all right, get him a contract. Adam McKay walked out, directed him, signed the contract with him. He's union. Did he know a prayer, or did he just make it up? He He's knew, just like, he I a, don't even he, know Arabic. He said that like, he knew a little bit, but he Googled it right before he did right. it because I think a lot of them didn't want to do it because they didn't want to be seen doing that, but whatever. I can't imagine Adam McKay taking too much attention to detail for that to be honest like i watched vice did you all right let's have a divisive conversation (laughs) did you like vice (laughs) yeah vice is rough bro i I don't hate it i kind of like it i mean i think that the performance that christian bell gives is good i think the story is there i thought the fishing metaphor was weird (laughs) i didn't get it well i think all of adam mckay's fucking metaphor lest we forget there's a scene in the big short with the the dearly departed Anthony Bourdain. That movie uh, I did not like. Well, he's just like, you know, stock options are a lot like, uh, and he's chopping up fucking squid and shit, and I'm just like, oh, go fuck yourself. This is like so inartistic and bullshit, and, and my point is, I, I really like Adam McKay, but at the same time, I don't hold him to the standard of like like a Wes Anderson or Paul Thomas Anderson, like any of these like meticulously detail-oriented directors, you he, know what I mean? He's good for certain things, but I'm kind of tired of him, honestly. You're done with McKay? 
I don't know. I liked Vice, but didn't he do something recent? Oh yeah, he did Bombshell, and I had well, he produced it. Yeah, he didn't, oh he, he, he didn't, just produced he didn't, he didn't direct it. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it seems like something he'd direct. Right, but, I agree with you. But I don't know. It depends what his next move is, I guess. Because what do you I think the know. inside story is with the Will Ferrell and him parting ways? Like, you think Will Ferrell's oh. got some inside information? I about didn't McKay. even know that happened. Well, they had been producing under the Gary Sanchez yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. production banner, the whole like the coffee cup with the gun, yeah, yeah, and yeah. The yeah. Uh, and and they ceased it. It's not a production company anymore. So they're not producing anymore. And a lot of people are like, "What does this mean?" And it's like, I don't know. He seems to have swiveled, like swerved over to dramatic stuff. And yeah, Will Adam McKay doing is thing. doing like he's a big name director now, right? So it's like, I, I mean, I don't blame him. But I just wonder if there's like a secret salacious story that involves like, you know, the the occult transportation system I mean, of Los Angeles or something. Maybe, like. maybe Will Ferrell, like, because what was the last movie that Will Ferrell did? Wasn't it Sherlock Holmes? I probably, yeah. So, like, he just wants to make bullshit then. Did you Fun. see that fucking French movie? Is it Force Majeure or whatever? You know what I'm talking about? Mar- Marjorie, maybe? Mm-hmm. No? Okay, uh, what's... That second one, maybe. Marjorie. For- Force Marjorie? I can't. I'm so bad at French, by the way. I went, Italy, I went to Italy. I went to... By the way. Fucking, that's amazing. <laughs> I went to Italy, and, like, Italy is, like, gutter Spanish. You heard it here first. <laughs> or it's the other way around. Spanish is gutter Italian. But either way, that's I was awesome. like, I can con my way through this fucking language, man. That's the best thing about it. Italian went to France, a romance language that yeah. follows all the same rules. Bullshit. Bullshit. France no, is I don't hard. care what you have to say. If you don't understand what I'm talking about, there's your problem. No. That's my favorite accent <laughs> when they speak our language, right? Yeah. When, they're, when they're eating freedom fries. But yeah. in their own thing, it doesn't make sense to me, man. I don't know. Um, wait, how the fuck did we get on French? I'm sorry, I'm yeah. drinking a little. Yeah. yeah, how did I get to where I just, I feel like I'm sundowning. You ever yeah. seen me like, I've lost numbers. I'm like, no, where we, am we, I now? We were talking about Adam McKay, and then... Oh, well, I just, I don't know. I was maybe thinking he had a whole secret, like, child sex ring or something. Maybe he had, like, Epstein ties. Oh, I don't know. No, like, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't think that badly of him. I think that he still has the potential to make some interesting stuff. I I would think that he would be a good choice to make a Trump movie. I was talking to someone about that the other day, and I was saying, I think Adam McKay would be the right person. But if they do it, I don't want the guy from Saturday Night Live to do it. What's his name? Baldwin? Yeah, uh, Alec Baldwin. Why? I'm, he's terrible. I he's think he's not... I think he's good at it, but I'm sick of his impression of I it. I don't like, I mean, saying. it's not an inspired take. Like, he's doing a face, you know yeah, what I mean? The like, whole, like, kissy yeah, face That's thing. not an act. I, <laughs> but I, I would really like to see someone do a realistic approach of it, but, like, write it, like, I don't know, like, almost like a Mr. Magoo thing, like, where it's just, like, <laughs> a silly, like, dumb clown who doesn't realize they're a dumb clown. It'll sit on the blacklist for fucking a decade. Like, oh, no, what's the, you know why? Why? Because it would endear Trump. Like Mr. You watch Mr. Magoo, you're like, look, he's an idiot, but he's endearing. <laughs> like, like no one wants to feel that way I about mean, Trump. I feel like it should, but the thing that could be awesome about the movie is it would end in a really like unendearing way. Like end with him like just being a scumbag, like just like grab ass him with his daughter or right. something gross. And like, the last five you watch a two hour plus film it's sympathetic in its portrayal it's fair okay I mean, I, i'm not even saying sympathetic like i just want to laugh at it. like this is one of the rare times i'm like let me laugh at the fat person over. <laughs> well what i'm saying is like structurally like you treat it like a regular like like walk the line any biopic that the hero triumphs at the end only uh the last the last 10 minutes we just put all of it in we put the pussy crab in it we put the mexican bean and ben cages in yeah. we just do it all we dismantle the epa and probably at the rate that we're going the final shot this is obviously made hundreds of years in the future when we retell how civilization ended. Yeah, right. And it's just like the nuke shot. You know what I mean? We get to show all of it. And that's only in the last 10 minutes, though. Yeah. Other than I, that, it's two hours of Trump's a sweetheart. No, I don't want that. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. I just, I don't know what, I, what, not to talk shit. I just, I don't know. It sounds like a very vapid, like he's not a great man. Uh, say what you want. I, I get into this debate all the time about greatness versus goodness. You don't mm. need to be a good person to be a great person. No, but he's a dumb person. That's what I fucking hate. Certainly. About. I don't think he's good or great. What I'm saying, though, is that like uh, you could make a movie about George Washington. George Washington owned slaves. Objectively bad <laughs> person but he was a great man greatness and goodness neil armstrong did you watch first man the uh, neil armstrong flick with uh, gosling no fuck so underrated by oh, the way that's the movie about him going to space right. last year yeah yeah, yeah. really wonderful film mm-hmm. I, the earth stuff kind of falters a little bit i understand why it's not beloved mm-hmm. but the space stuff is really 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 fucking wonderful and my point is you find out neil armstrong shitty dad shitty husband 
But are, is anyone going to forget that fucker's name in the annals of history? No, no. Because being good and being great are two different things, Julian. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sorry Fair. to drop the mic on you. I'm feeling this vodka now. So yeah, like, <laughs> it's cool, man. I'm le- you're driving this bus, man. I mean, I'm at your fucking house. That's true. Yeah. No, I mean, I hope we turn this into a real thing. I mean, I'm I'm definitely excited about it. It's cool, and oh, I like your somewhere. idea. I mean, let's just you're gonna. I'm hoping you'll put this on the website. No, no, no. no. This I think uh, I sent out the first episode that I recorded yesterday on my own, which will be slightly different, obviously, because I'm alone. But I sent it out to one person. I was getting a pretty good response of people who were just interested in hearing it. So right. just hearing that, that's that's a good sign for me. I I just know that if you want to really do podcasting, like I know how it works because I've listened to so much of it. And if you really want to get hooked, you've got to put multiple episodes out there. Oh, like, yeah. Rule number one. Yeah, like, yeah. No, you need, you need five. Yeah. Five, that's a lot. I was going to do two or three. You need five. Okay. Because life will get in the way, and you're like, shit, I got three yeah. weeks. Wait, I got two. Fuck, I got a week. And, like, it, scheduling, especially with your podcast, because mm-hmm. it requires a revolving door people. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'll also do some on my own. Like, if something happens, like, right. if there's some stupid nerd story that I have, like, ooh, my hot, hot take on it. Oh, like, no. Look, how about we just, like, I mean, if you ever don't have a guest, just call me. And yeah, we'll do that it. is like, also I'll be option. your semi co host on yeah. this. <laughs> thing because i think that's really fun uh but uh, what if i'm driving the car let me swerve really quickly because yeah. i just want to i want to get back to uh, your story via my story if i can because what you said earlier is about like people come out here to get their knees chopped off like new york was that i mean it's more like you you see what it is out here like to have like you know to be confident and like right. to to have an ego, so to speak, you know, before you come out here, I meant to say. But then once you get out here, like, you really realize, like, how full it is. Right. Like, the traffic is a metaphor for the whole place. I walk everywhere. That's yeah. the, I brought that part of New York with me. Uh, yeah, and that's why luck. I picked a place to live where, like, oh, six bars? All right, my alcoholism will survive. <laughs> like, uh, No, but I mean, what I think is really interesting about that is this, again, it's a true self-reflection. You can feel some way about yourself and circumstances. Context is everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, little or big fish, little pond, uh, little fish, big pond sort of deal. Mm-hmm. New York was that for me, and I just wanted to be someone who stopped talking about doing and mm-hmm. did. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, New York did that. I published a comic. called Here We Are Lost. I really love it. Second issue uh, should have been out last year. My artist passed away. It's mm, fucked sorry up. Sorry to hear that. Man. It's fucked up. I don't yeah, know. I, have you made something with someone, Julian? Uh, yes. Uh, all right. So that bond of working on some shit long term, that no, disagreeing. I, I understand. Right? Like, yeah. Like, I worked on multiple things with the guy who I did Monkey with a Gun with, and we haven't made anything recently, but I know once he hears this, he's going to be like, oh, we should have made, we were going to make our own podcast and we were going to do all these things. And I'm sure one day we'll- Fuck him, loser. Together. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> he had his chance. No, uh, no, but that's so, so he passed away and it was really fucking rough. And for months, I let it stay in limbo because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't- Oh, you're like, it, he was a part of this and now he's gone. It was really strange. I mean, so like if I can talk about him, I mean, I yeah, hope his, hope his this, wife doesn't care. Uh, his name was C.S. Dickinson. Right. Mm-hmm. And he I just called him Steve. Steve is his middle name. I don't know his first name. Just wow. fucked up. We worked together for over a year together. The C stands for can't know. For can't know. <laughs> uh, but so I, I found him. Or actually, my wife, actually, my 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 new wife, uh, my only wife, but also <laughs> new. Uh, she found him randomly on like Craigslist. He was advertising and he did really? something I liked. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Let me hit him up. Uh, thinking he's like a 30 year old guy or 20 year old guy or something. Motherfucker's a Vietnam vet. All right. Jesus. He's retired. He's worked his whole fucking life. And he said to his wife, you know, in my golden years, what I want to do is I want to draw. It's all it's all I ever wanted to do before I got drafted. And I'm oh, like, man. fuck. That's such a really interesting dynamic. It's fucking crazy. Now, here's my thing. My comic is a magical realist Western. And what that means, really, if you don't know, is it's like I took the kind of like weird literary shit of Gabriel Garcia Marquez, who's my favorite novelist. Whoever uh, the fuck that is. He's, he wrote 100 Years of Solitude, which is like... Probably, in my opinion, the greatest book ever published. You know what I'm saying? Things to Google. <laughs> you, I, I'll let you borrow it. It's on the <laughs> shelf over there. Uh, but so I, I wanted to take the weird shit of that magical realism as just these things that happen that it seems so very surreal, but no one responds to them being surreal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's common knowledge. Cats talk and shit, and we're like, whatever, fuck you, cat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's so, it's what people normally just appropriate to like. It's the rules of this world. Right, just right, go right, right. Uh, like, sorry to bother you. Is a really good example of a recent example, of, of yeah. American magical realism, which I was like, holy shit. I, that's why I loved it so I much. Love that movie but too. Um, so I took I wanted to take the magical sensibilities of that world and 
and kind of marry it with like the Cormac McCarthy, No Country for Old Men, but specifically uh. through the cinematic guys, through the visual language of mm-hmm. Sergio Leone's Dollars Trilogy, okay. uh, which is Clint Eastwood, right? Ennio Morricone, Western. the most fucking the, the music. I mean, the music of those fucking wow, movies. Wow, yeah, they're incredible. Wow, I mean. Wow, wow. They 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 elevate every scene that's in it, you know. Yeah. That's the famous one too. Yeah. Like I'm a hipster. I'm like fuck that fucking song, <laughs> man. Deep cuts only. Uh, but so I, I wanted to marry that. Now he got drafted in '69, which is when Good, Bad, and the Ugly came out. It's crazy. This, right, I'm like I'm gonna tear up talking about this because I I think about because I don't believe in God, man. But you know what? Every now and then there are these weird kismet fucking situations in life where it's like. This guy's last film he saw before he left to Vietnam mm-hmm. was was The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Wow, man. And so when I sent him, I was like, also, I wrote all of this listening to very specific, like, spaghetti western music, Ennio Morricone, Sergio Cabucci, all those people. Do you mind if I, like, send you a couple YouTube, like, things of it? Just because I want you to be in the same headspace that I am. Oh, that's uh, cool. That's and, smart. And I sent it to him, and he heard music, and he emailed me back, and he's like, dude, I'm in tears, like, because I haven't heard this in 40 years, oh, you know? Man. Like, and it was this really beautiful thing. And, like, here's the thing. Again, 66-year-old he lived in Iowa, by the way, nowhere near me. So all yeah. communications were on the phone or via Skype and shit like that. Uh, and like told me he was a Trump supporter and like just all these things that I should have like pounced. And, yeah. But instead, through the work of art, and this is why I'm so passionate about it, that's why my New Year's resolution was like no more beef, man. Because I because what I really believe is stupid and inartistic as it sounds. I believe that art builds bridges and like we saw each other as people by the end of that relationship by the way he had denounced the trumpism he knew he had been had he Mm -hmm. knew he had been a rube but i think that's like this big thing because if if my opponent can't hear the sound of my voice like like if i can't hear theirs you know what i mean how do i know that he's hearing mine and so I thought it was this really great story. I'm sorry to just talk for no, fucking no, no. three I, minutes I, I, no, straight. No, it's, it's awesome. I didn't want to stop you. Uh, it's it's really interesting stuff because I was just thinking it's like, wow, because that's all you want when you're working with someone is that you can just inspire each other. Like just have so much give and take and just to be able to like I really like your idea of getting in the same headspace right. with each other like and and him having such a positive reaction to that because that's like lighting a fuse and sending him off in his own creative direction, which is all you want. That's who you want, like, on set when you're making things, you know? You to, want someone to be like-minded. To the point, dude, where the first issue, because I don't, I didn't know how to write a comic, like, by the way. Sure. I wrote a script, and I'm like, 25 pages. 25 pages turns into 66 pages on the page. You know what I mean? It, it can. Over 66 pages, I made one correction. Because he would give it to me in stages, be like, do you like this layout before I go into coloring and all that shit? It was really right. fascinating. Like, I, I remember Tarantino saying, well, why am I doing another Western? Uh, because after Django, I learned how to do one. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I fucking, sorry, I have a thing with Tarantino. I fucking hate him, but love him at the same time. Yeah, that's uh, kind of <laughs> how I feel about him at this point. If, I'm, if, I'm if, really, <laughs> like, sick of his shit. Like, I, I admire him. I think he's incredible. I think he's wonderful. I would, yeah. I would kiss his feet uh, right. if I met him in person, but... God, I, that guy needs to shut the fuck up. He's, he's best when he's on a leash. He's honestly. as talented as he is annoying as a person. That's all <laughs> I will say. Uh, but uh, but but yeah. So the Steve, so the Steve thing was like really rough. Like, just really quickly, and we can go back because I said all of this to talk about you. Actually, I promise. <laughs> oh. But uh, I want to talk about the last thing that I ever said to him, which mm-hmm. was it was right when John McCain died. Um, and, and again, like, look, I, I like to think I'm super fucking liberal until I talk to some fucking morons uh, who shall remain nameless. But I like I'm a very liberal person at the same time. John McCain has a horrid history of Senate senatorial voting, but right there at the finish line, he gave us that thumbs down, which if we look back, like it's so hard to understand what's happening in American history until we have like five, 10 years removed from it. Yeah. But we'll look back at that like, fuck, bro, like Republicans were going to dismantle this shit. And I like. I got to respect that guy because of the things that he went through. Well, and that's my second point, which is like, I don't give a fuck if you become a skinhead after you get back, to be honest. Right. Like, that's the thing, because Uh, because he just fought. I mean, obviously, I hate skinheads. (laughs) Hear me out. (laughs) All people are here like Christian likes skinheads. (laughs) No, what, 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 what I'm trying to say, though, is like we fought for the rights for skinheads to exist. Yeah, we didn't. 
our culture, we're pampered as fuck. Sorry yeah. to say. That's why we have skinheads. That's we give people the privilege of being that stupid. Right. In the same way that we give the the privilege of of the fucking idiot Westboro Baptist people for protesting funerals. Like the oh, the idea the is that like we don't dissent that. That's where's where the schism for like liberalism and new liberalism kind of goes. Because I'm like, oh my god, like the First Amendment should be to us mm-hmm. what the Second Amendment is to Republicans at all costs. Okay. Yeah, at fucking all costs. It doesn't. You're not. It's you are not supposed to be comforted by free speech. You're no. supposed to be engaged by free speech, man. Uh, good or bad. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's just no. I'm not even trying to jump in. It's just I'm like, yeah. It's just it's one freedom of speech is one of those things. It's like it's it's essential. It's it's so much more important, I think, than owning a gun, man. Right, <laughs> right. I do, but but what I was so shocked, I never felt more like I felt like an alien two times in my life. Walking out of the Last Jedi, seeing critical responses uh, versus audience responses, being like, "Oh, so I'm just an alien and don't understand Star Wars because yeah. I loved it. Everyone else hated yeah, it." Yeah, you are, and you should go back to your planet. right. <laughs> and the other was when McCain died because I'm looking at it as a sensible person, being like, "Yeah, he did bad in life. Mm-hmm. You're gonna do." Pretty bad shit. You're going to do some pretty good shit. Every day you're going to get better or you're going to get worse, but you're not going to stay the same, okay? And on some days, McCain was a righteous piece of shit. But there was like that whole four years where he was in a fucking jungle fighting for us, and it's really hard for me to be like, he's a fucking coward. No, he's not a coward. You don't go thousands of miles and 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 and, and don't and deny special permission for, sp- for for special treatment because you're a coward. Like he was a complicated and and fucked up and but he was a patriot. Yeah, and it's someone <laughs> who I'm more or less neutral about, but right. I feel like he was raised up once Trump started like spreading his lies about him it's like okay like you can't call the guy a bitch who has done way more in his life than you could ever possibly right like you know what's fucking stupid uh, fuck facebook memory or as i like to call it uh uh, how i was an asshole last year uh (laughs) but this this isn't bad when he died i like had posted something because trump tried to say some shit about about him and i'm like uh he voluntarily went into a war you evaded three drafts like that's a level of selfless patriotism that you couldn't fucking dream of donald you know so like the point is though democrats were shitty liberals were like fuck him i'm supposed to feel bad for his death and i'm like yeah you should because that's what being a person is and then hold on hold on are we going full circle yeah the conservatives were like i saw a meme of a tumor and it was like mission accomplished and i was like holy shit and I'm telling you all of this story not to take us back to 2016 when our hearts were broken. I'm telling you this story to talk about Steve, who Steve was a Vietnam vet. Mm-hmm. And I wrote him and being like, on a personal note, unrelated to the kind, I wrote it like a bunch of comic notes. We corresponded every day. But I'm sure, like, sure, on a sure. personal note, um, I'm watching this coverage of McCain's death. And I got to tell you that I, I'm like, I'm fucked up because I don't understand how anyone is going to besmirch a man after he's died. You know what I'm saying? Like that, like there are certain things It doesn't excuse you from in totality from all your other behavior. But like at the end, what I know is that like I was able to not go to war because some other person did, you know what I'm saying? Even if I disagree with them staunchly, they still did something that is inherently selfless and deserves to be put on a pedestal. Again, that's why I'm saying that I'm pretty much new neutral about him because it's like I can't hate on the guy like he had he had his like fingernails right like again he's not he's not that Roy Moore guy from Alabama who is a pedophile who (laughs) who was five tenths of a percentage away from winning like you know what I'm saying like he's not a pedophile he was a complicated at times inept senator who did the wrong things many times but he also fought for the country so I wrote him and I was like and I just want you to know I know and I was like it's gonna sound like I'm fucking like boomer but uh but but I was like I want you to know jerking off motion for anyone wondering (laughs) we gotta get videos for this but I said to him like I want you to know that I know a lot of people in this generation don't pay the respect that they should but like I need to because like I've and worked you with can. you, yeah, and I was like I've worked with <laughs> you, and I know who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, when I hear people on the left and people on the right, but above all, the president of the United States throwing stones at a man so much greater than he will ever be or could ever dream to be, ironic, it, isn't it? It makes me really sad. And so I was just like, so Steve, I just want to know that like I am so grateful to have met you. I'm forever changed because of who you are. You've made me a better storyteller. You've made me a better person. You've made me more tolerant. That dude had a heart attack an hour later. Oh, my God, man. And for me, it's it's the most beautiful goodbye I could give him. 
but you don't know. And I didn't hear. I didn't know he died right away. I found Damn. out six weeks later because I hadn't heard from him, and I knew him. Like mm. if I wrote him, he'd write me back. You know, and it got this really, really sad thing. And then like six weeks later, after I had reached out to his daughters on Facebook, but you know, Facebook, if you're not connected, it won't send your messages or whatever. Yeah, so like you, you had reached, you didn't reach out to him for a while. I had reached you... out to him. I had called okay. his number. His number was disconnected. Oh. I had reached out via email. He didn't respond. So like six weeks go by and I've messaged him five, six times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I see C.S. Dickinson new, new message. And I'm like, oh my God. All right. Awesome. But it was his wife who was going through his email and was like mm-hmm. cleaning up the laundry, so to speak. And she wrote me. Uh, and it was just like heartbreaking, dude. It was heartbreaking. I can imagine. Because man. I learned how to be a person, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And when I, when I think about how off the deep end I've gotten being polarized and getting into stupid, petty arguments with people, like, like is any of that going to fucking matter? First of all, we're living in a world and an existence that none of it matters anyway. It's a weird world where there's this fantasy world that's attached to us that isn't real but it kind of is and i think that that's just going to get worse and it's going to be like black mirror and <laughs> vr is going to take over at some point I, well, people are going to rent boxes smaller than this room <laughs> just to live in they'll have tubes in their mouth tubes in their ass i'm telling you that. i mean but i'm going beyond that i guess what i'm kind of saying is that like the sun's going to turn into a red giant it's going to absorb the earth and like New York doesn't matter anymore, LA doesn't matter anymore, Copenhagen doesn't matter anymore. I don't know, fuck them. But Facebook uh, is forever. Facebook is forever. <laughs> In the fucking cosmos, aliens are like, you see this fucking profile, man? It's fucking idiot. No, but what I'm saying is just like all of it is impermanent. Uh, that's the thing that used to keep me up at night when I was a kid. I'd be like ten or eleven. I would have these crying fits in the middle of the night because I'd be like, I'm gonna die one day, and it scared me. They were like shackles, dude. And going to New York and writing and meeting this person and learning how to create, Mm -hmm. I woke up and I was like, I'm going to die one day. But it was an unshackling, like the manacles were off. Like suddenly I realized like there is a ticking time clock. Think of the Dunkirk fucking score, right? Like, like. Yes, you are going to fucking die. So you need to figure out what you're going to do, what your contribution is going to be. If I can quote Walt Whitman, that the the powerful play goes on and you get to contribute a verse. Like, what is your verse going to be? And so I look at L.A. as the next step to that. Like, I, I learned how to do. I learned how to walk. In L.A., I'm going to learn how to run. And I hope. Yeah, you, this is the place to do yeah. that. I think you're right. Like, if you know, that's the thing is, I think my issue is that I'm very, like, scatterbrained. Like, I... At heart, like, first and foremost, I'm an actor, but I'm also very passionately a filmmaker, and I've been doing stand-up for the last year. So, like, I'm I'm spreading myself, but I still feel like I'm, I'm forcing myself to learn in a lot of ways. Well, what it sounds like is you're an artist, dude. It sounds like you're a person yes, who, who's got something to say and hasn't figured out the way to say it. Like, things become economical. Like, the comic isn't because I want to write comics. I love comics, and there's yeah. things you can do in the medium. But the truth is, like, the story I wrote would need, like, $80 million, and I ain't got $80 million. And I don't anticipate getting $80 million in the next week. So, <laughs> But I have a story to tell. Like, mm-hmm. I'm making art because I don't know how not to make art. I'm making art because I feel like I'm going to die if I don't. I yeah. think you spreading yourself into all these different mediums is because you have something to say like and and all writing is by the way like as someone who is now i call myself a writer because i put in the hours i wake up every day at seven in the morning i write for five hours like all writing is is asking questions against yourself and forcing you to reckon with that you know what i'm saying that's that's a really good thing write that's that all it is someone. no that's all that is dude it's just like how do you feel about something okay like interrogate it oh uh-huh. we need to do you need two sides to interrogate oh these are two characters like i think i think stand-up is a little similar to that but it's more of like this uh, observational perspective like i think there's a there's a reason mark twain has the mark twain prize award because like well the only thing that was missing was netflix mark twain would have had the fucking illest like fucking netflix streaming he special of all time his own fucking section dude that's what i'm saying like cuz he was a fucking brilliant satirist uh but but the idea was that he wrote in the medium in which he had available yeah, sure. you have so many mediums available that you're trying to figure out what that thing is you're trying to say and what's fascinating sa- to me is we're going to figure that out man yeah i guess so but at the same time like now i'm in a position where like 
I don't see myself like I haven't been going to do stand up in the last week, but it's because I've been sick and I fucking hate when people go to these mics and they're sick and they fucking get their germs all over this microphone. And the I'm next two weeks, the absence yeah, exactly. is a shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I didn't do that, but I've been writing every day and I've been trying to structure together like some sort of five minutes and I've been doing it over the last year almost like technically 11 months. So I'm going to keep at it. But at the same time, like I just I want to do these other things. And I feel like with comedy, it evolves into film and in, in any sort of writing and acting in general. And, th- and that's what I was kind of to bring it all the way full circle to the Brian Pesane of it all, which is yeah. just like <laughs> determination. If you come out here and you say, I'm going to be a writer and you write every day and you put yourself out there and you try to actively get traction, you'll get some fucking try. I mean, like it really is like it really is just the law of doing it. And, and I think people are so scared of failing. But they won't yeah. try. They don't understand that that's literally a huge part of failing the is the way you succeed. <laughs> you need to fail first. Like here's a good example. Like Tommy Wiseau is really fascinating to me. Oh, I, I he's fascinating to me as well. Uh, but like, for, I hope for the same reason. Disaster artist was my bible moving out here. <laughs> really, he, dude, uh, that guy is fucking amazing. He is literally the American dream. He sold garbage on the beach <laughs> until he amassed money, sold counterfeit clothing. And then made a film studio and right. now is a legend. I, I mean, I find it fascinating for a different reason, but that's uh, obviously let's give him a round of applause for <laughs> yeah. that, too. It's a Carnegie story is yeah. what it is. Anyone can come to this beautiful uh, America of ours. No, what I find fascinating about him is that failure is a part of the process. And he made something. Failure is his voice. For lack of a better word, yes. Like, you're supposed to come to Hollywood to write scripts that get shit on. You're supposed to act in films that are demeaning to you in order to build a resume. I promised my mom I wouldn't do porn, but yes. (laughs) But times are tough, and I gotta make bread. No, but but it's that that's the whole concept is that you're supposed to fail. So when you succeed, you understand the differences, you know where you went wrong, you saw the pitfalls. Much like again, I read my first issue of my comic. And I kind of grimace. I The story is sound. Like, my job as a writer is to get you to understand the three principles, what's at stake, and what's their relationship. Sure. I do that. I look at that comic, <laughs> and I'm like, Ugh, sloppy, bro. But that's because I did it. Like, I got the fucking knowledge on how and to fucking do it. now you know it. how to do it. <laughs> yeah, dude. And so, uh, shit. Hold on. Hold on. I'm drunk. Where, where were we before that? You're hold on. You're talking about coming out here to L.A. And no, what I'm right, immediately before that, though. Oh, I don't know. You're a bad listener, Julian, and I'm that's listening. improv. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening. We're just going so all over the place. I mean, we were talking about uh, McCain. Then we were talking about your the artist who you're working with. Right, right. And, uh, and he passed away. No, just immediately, like two seconds before I fell off the rails. Oh, it's oh, my fault. Oh, oh, you're talking about just yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was I saying? I, was oh. br- I brought that up for a reason. Like, oh, oh, tell me why so. Okay, yeah. sorry, sorry. The Guys, room. audience members, let's put like a little like monkey technical difficulty sound bite up here. <laughs> I'm drunk and a little stoned, so it's, my, it's on me. Uh, but tell me why so. My point is that you're supposed to fail so you learn how to do the right sure, thing. Sure, 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 sure. He failed and it became this cult classic. And for better or for worse, he can't grow. You know what I mean? He's Peter Pan, baby. Like, like he is stuck in this thing where I, after the fact, he's like, oh, it was intentional to make a comedy. Tommy, yeah, no, sure. the fuck it wasn't. Like, own own your fucking fragility, man. You're yeah. a baby. In like, college, I would call it uh, failing upwards. Right. You know, <laughs> like it hits rock bottom with such precision that it just propels itself all the way up. Right. I mentioned that. <laughs> I mentioned that in the first episode when I was talking about fucking cats. And right. I still feel that. Well, see, because I haven't seen it, but I think that there's a genuine cultural moment around it like it's, it's so bad that it might be fucking good it's, like it's shocking it's so many things dude but that's what i'm saying okay so hold on so again i'm actually i took my friend to go see it and i'm actually later going to record with him his opinion on it because he hated it and he didn't even laugh as much as me but he texted me about it he's like dude i can't stop thinking well, about that's cats. art that's my point yeah. let's bring it back to mother let's bring it back to mother <laughs> i had nightmares about mother for two weeks i didn't like the movie i walked out of it being like aronofsky needs to be fucking reined in because he's just getting budgets for no reason Yo, like, put this on uh <laughs> on a chinese poster for the movie mother this movie falls apart uh falls apart and breaks like a baby's neck Okay, that's how I put it. That that movie is right. a weird. You can get away with that life. in China. You can't in do China, that here. Yeah, Fucking yeah. sense. MPAA, you're bullshit <laughs> artist, and we all know it. 
yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. What I'm saying is that he's he's like stuck in that Arrested Development forever, and I think it's really amazing. It's like the Shell Silverstein. It's like falling upwards. Like, like he found a way to succeed, but because he succeeded, he was put in a bottle forever. And I think that's fascinating. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, and, and I think Katz is going to be in that same bottle or on the same shelf right next to it and but that's okay so 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 but isn't that what art is supposed to do art is not supposed to come for you and and look yes there are technically proficient amazing screenplays and shit but aren't you supposed to think about it after you leave i mean the the art fucking box if you want to open that like i i think that like where do you stop that's my thing it's like what is an art because i can explain to you why it is because as soon as someone's designing something there's an art behind that i would say someone like uh we talked about lynch briefly earlier Mm -hmm. when when i was jerking off roger ebert's ghost (laughs) i was like give me that ghost come roger ebert Uh, oh four stars (laughs) oh three thumbs but but uh but he didn't like blue velvet Right. Yeah. And we're talking yeah, yeah. about David Lynch and it's like David Lynch is someone and I don't know how familiar you are with his David his Lynch stuff. is a genius. I think Eraserhead is one of the best movies ever made. I love it so, so, so much. The first time I watched Eraserhead, I watched it with my my partner in crime, Max, uh, at his house. And he was just like, you're not ready for this movie. And I'm like, go fuck yourself. I've uh, seen movies. We had to watch like an hour of Simpsons afterwards because I was like, I need a palate cleanser, man. Like, like Eraserhead fucked my world. That's up. like if Mother is done right is Eraserhead, <laughs> like and minimalist, like two sets. Did you want potato us? baby? Uh, yeah. Speaking of that potato baby, I'm not making this up. Uh, you know that there was an artist like I think about five, six years ago. He was making lifelike replicas because all of those the props that they made were made from animal flesh or just pieces of animal it was, it was real meat right uh my roommate bought one of those that's amazing. so for two years i lived with one of these fucking oh, it's not a current babies. roommate no thank god all right where's that guy live uh, uh, he lives in toronto he's a nice guy danny ah, but uh <laughs> he, i think he has his own thing it's called man without a body on youtube yeah he like reads fan fiction in a funny voice <laughs> but he also had this fucking baby and it was so ugh, it was so scary well but to, to go back to the lynch of it all is like so the twin peaks the return came out 2017 sure i haven't i watched the first season of twin peaks i liked it i didn't like finish it all <sighs> okay First season of Twin Peaks is rightfully lauded, and we can get into that it's at a different strange. time. It's a but, but at the same time, but I think people. I wanted to do a series. Maybe we can do it called "When the Paint Was Drying," because that's this fascinating thing for me. Is like, okay, yeah, we all know what the story of art is now, but can you go back to when that fucking paint was still drying? Like, what the social fucking like? The, yeah, the, because the thing that I remember about that show, and maybe, and I bet he was doing it on purpose, was that it came across like really like someone's like, I'm making TV show. Like, it has to have lots of characters, and, like, they're all right. lovable, and well, one of well, them has a log. They try to satirize soap operas. That's yeah. all he did. But but the, the, the but lasting it, it impact. It was so close to the line that... Oh, of it, course. That's the genius of Twin Peaks, is yeah. like, wait, what? Like, there's a... Te- in the pilot alone, there's, this re- there's two wonderful scenes in the pilot of Twin Peaks, which is when the kids are finding out that Laura's died, mm-hmm. and Laura Flynn Boyle, uh, who just fucking disappeared from Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, she she does this thing where she finds out that she's died. They don't say it out loud, but she's putting two and two together mm-hmm. and she looks over at Laura's empty seat and she just looks back at James and she does this thing, like almost like she's having a heart attack. She like drapes yeah, her fucking arm this. and her eyes go so narrow. And I'm like, oh my God. It was like, I was like, am I a sociopath? And this is the first time I've ever connected with a human being. Because <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that's incredible. And then likewise, when the mom finds out, mm-hmm. uh, because there's this scene where Leland Palmer is on the phone with, with the wife and, sure, and, yeah, and she's yeah, like, yeah. I, where's Sarah? Where's Sarah? Right. And then uh, the sheriff pulls up and he walks up and, 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 and she's like, Oh my God. And you don't see her face. You only hear her on the other side of the phone. Okay, oh my yeah, God. Yeah. Oh my God. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like I'm crying and I'm like, what the fuck? In the same episode, they have Audrey do like a jazzy fucking space dance like yeah, this and shit. Twin like, Peaks is one of those shows that it's, it's nicely weird, but yeah. I, I didn't pull myself into it. Just out of curiosity, how long have we been going? About, uh, 40, 50 minutes. About 50 okay. minutes. We got okay. like 10 more. We'll wrap it up. I promise. We, we, no, I we know. can keep uh, going for a little bit longer. But, but the, the legacy of Twin Peaks, by the way, is that before before that, nothing had looked cinematic. 
Like, say what you want about Twin Peaks. It yeah, still holds up. It looks like in, a movie. It's in four by three, though. That's it, the thing. That's the only thing, because that was the standards of the time. I don't know how much history you know about aspect ratio, but one no, day... No, no, That was a big TV thing. Yeah. I know that. We'll yeah. deep dive into that. He shot it 16 by 9. He shot it in anamorphic. Really? 35 mil. Exactly. That's the point. They cut it off, because that's what it is. If you look at it on Netflix, they've restored the fucking... The, oh, even the first season? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. All of it's been restored. And that's my point, is that before him, they didn't shoot... To look like film. Like you told me earlier, Breaking Bad was such a special yeah, thing yeah, for you yeah. because Breaking Bad looks like a feature every single yeah. time. Absolutely. But before that, that didn't exist. You no, didn't get yeah. the X Files doesn't get greenlit a year later if Twin Peaks isn't a huge rating success. That we don't get true. lost, we don't get fringe, we don't get anything that's remotely weird on popular networks mm. without Twin Peaks existing. So when Twin Peaks comes back in twenty seventeen, we do the return, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember hearing about that. It, it, the weirdest fucking thing, because it's not a third season of Twin Peaks. What it is, is is David Lynch looking back as in at the last thirty five years of his career and being like, I'm gonna take a little of this, I'm gonna take a little of that. And I'm just gonna throw it in the middle of this shit. It's gonna be alchemical. X came in, but the thing is, like, (laughs) right? And then fucking power. David Lynch's Powerpuff Girls were weird. All right, it was dark. (laughs) No, but what I'm saying is, like, even though it shouldn't have worked, like that's the best example of why art is like this holy shit thing. None of it should work on a story level. Like season one, at least had the murder mystery. Like, uh, oh, we have to keep coming back to the story. Twin Peaks: The Return has no sensible story that you can find. It's eighteen oh. episodes of the weirdest shit you've ever seen, but with all the characters I know already. From yeah, the show. and and but then at the end of it becomes this completely different thing. That sounds like Twin Peaks. Though. It's in, that. Thank you, because for me, it's like, do you think David Lynch was going to revive Twin Peaks and have them do Twin Peaks, motherfucker? He's I mean, David Lynch. I mean, like, if it's not. If it's not going to be weird as fuck and right. make me confused, is it even Twin Peaks? It, it it what it is. It's like it's a racerhead. It's Mulholland Drive. It's Twin Peaks. It's a f- uh, Fire Walk with Me, which is Twin Peaks, and uh, Wild at Heart. It's those five films, and and he put them all together. And what you get is this incredible alchemy because he is such a fucking genius that we don't understand things. I, I think I should go back and rewatch the show just because I know that there's there's so much that I could probably get inspired by watching because his. Yeah. His like ripple effect is crazy. Like there, there are video games uh, that are out there. People are like, yeah, this is basically a Twin Peaks. Well, game. Like Alan Wake is Twin uh, Peaks. Alan Wake is yeah. one of them. But I was gonna say it's this game. It's a Japanese game actually called oh, Deadly shit. Premonition. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And, okay. uh, there's a second one actually coming out soon. What? But, That's yeah. awesome. Because Deadly Premonition that was like fucking eight yeah, years ago. They just ago. brought it yeah. over to the Switch, and there's uh, yeah, the second one's coming out soon. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I um, remember playing a little bit of that. I was like, yeah, this guy's talking about coffee and pie. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, obviously, it was resonant because you have a bunch of people who have come out and said, like, oh, we wouldn't exist without Twin Peaks. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the thing. It absolutely is this amazing thing. But I need to tell you again, there is no discernible plot. Like, there's sort of a plot. It's about, like, Cooper making, like, his entrance from wherever he is. If if I watched it backwards, upside down, it would make sense. Yes, it's the Kubrick rule, for sure. What I'm saying is, like, but that's art because, it like, on a structural level, Twin Peaks should fail. And I'm a stickler for that shit. I'm a structure guy. Like, mm-hmm. for me, like, my favorite book ever is Joseph Campbell's uh, The Hero with a Thousand Faces. Because, oh, really? well, because, like, it's I, every... I, st- I don't know it. Do you I, not know I'm, it? I'm super ignorant to everything, Okay, bro. well, I have a copy. Please borrow it. Uh, and, and, and listen, you'll have to reread paragraphs, like, five times. Because you're like, <laughs> I think my mind's being blown, but I need to... Re- no, for sure. But 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 what he does is he's distilled this thing, the hero's journey that we know, the circle of how things work, sure. right? That comes from Campbell. He released the shit in 1949, I think, right? Okay. And it but 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 like it is the most perfect encapsulation of what stories are, right? You have a hero in a place of comfort, but he needs something. Mm-hmm. Oh, because he needs something, he goes and he crosses a threshold into an unfamiliar world. And then he goes through a road of trials, okay? Mm-hmm. Then he finds what he's looking for, but at a cost, right? Okay. Like, this is every story. Star Wars is a perfect hero's journey. Think about it. Like, like Not anymore, but yes. Well, no, the Star Wars New Hope. Okay. Let's take all the fucking other yeah, shit no, out of it. We, we have to label that's, it correctly. Well, that's the thing why everyone loves Empire Strikes Back, and it is a wonderful film. Star Wars is a yeah, better that's film. That's just, I don't know about Star that. Wars is a better film. It's Campbellian. I'll tell you why. Because you could take it out of space and put it in fucking the Dust Bowl in Oklahoma, okay. or you could put it in 2050, and it still works as a story. Okay, Empire now... needs a space worm in order to be good. 
yes. like okay i see what you're saying i mean it could just be like you know like just a world worm but whatever but what's a better movie empire strikes back yeah i mean obviously that's just like in general a fucking of course movie. of course no and it is but that's what i'm saying what the importance of story so mm-hmm. campbell f- studied his whole life looking at ancient cultures and looking at gilgamesh and looking at star wars and not in 1949 yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah but but looking at all these stories and be like what do they all have in common oh they all start here they go through this they go through this and yeah they end i know up here. there's like seven stories the they, whole thing they come back changed but different you know or different but the same and yeah. i think that's the whole fucking point so it's like i look at that structurally and i'm a structural guy and I'm like, fuck so you, you're looking David for Lynch. someone to to really reinvent those rules. I mean, well, no, because the thing is, like, all stories, are, I don't think scripts intentionally go set out to do Campbell's story. Mm-hmm. Stories, as we know them, have to hit are these beats. Before I fell in love with Campbell, I wrote my first issue in my comic, right? But I had outlined my entire story. How many and issues have you written, by the way? I have five written. Only one's produced. Ah, okay, gotcha. Two's in the middle. I have a, a new artist now. Um but I have the 60 issues outlined because it's a fucking sprawler, baby. Mm-hmm. It's good. Uh, but when I did that, I wrote that, and then I fell in love with Campbell at age 26 after I wrote my first comic. Okay. And then I fell in love with him, and then I went back, and I looked at my story structure, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, shit. Oh, that happens, and this happens, and this happens. Because humans know story. It's the reason why when we watch movies and something really weird happens that doesn't add up, the math doesn't dictate 2 plus 2 equals 5, we revolt against it because we're like, that's not right. We don't know why, but we know that it, that it fucks with our, our primate brains. You may brains. not have noticed, but your brain did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is yeah. that RLM? No, that yeah, 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 yeah. That's <laughs> Mr. Plunker. <laughs> Uh, so, so I, I, you know, my point is about all of this is that Twin Peaks, the return, I should be like sharpening the fucking knives on that for structure reasons. But the point is it doesn't matter because he's such a fucking genius who is making you see what he wants to see that that is still art. Like that was airing the same time against season seven of Game of Thrones, which I know was the beginning of the roller coaster going down. I'm one of those weird people. I'd never even got into Game of Thrones. Really? Okay. Listen, I mean, I would say at some point you really like storytelling and you really like acting. The first, the first four are un- saw, unimpeachably saw, like, wonderful most of the first season i was like i get it mm. i just i think i'm just like kind of tired of the whole medieval lord of the rings thing mm. I'm, I've uh, seen it. it's like, weird i there's, love the lord there's very the little rings, magic but. in it it's it tries to skewer it closer but but what i was saying is just like for acting and for writing and for directing purposes it really deserves everything you've heard great about it it deserves it for the first four a couple episodes of five, a couple of six, seven and eight, like, holy shit. Uh, but seven is the beginning of it going downhill, but still, like, six, you're like, oh, shit, it's great. And they were airing at the same time. And by episode two of, of or by episode three of Twin Peaks, I... I was recording Game of Thrones. Like, I was watching Game of Thrones first, like, because I was like, oh, that's what I need to watch. Yeah. And then watching Twin Peaks. And by the end of it, I was just like, because Saturday would roll around. I'm like, what the? I have no idea what's going to happen on Twin Peaks. Like, how the fuck are they going to follow this thing that they've been doing that makes no sense? And then every Sunday, I'd tune in. That was my appointment TV. And I think, like, the, the long fucking story short is like, Yes, you got to be careful of just being like, it's art to anything that's weird and provocative. At the same time, I think that we have to understand that art is about lingering effects. If you're thinking about it, it did something right. You know what I mean? I'm sure, just to bring it back to you as an actor. Sure. I'm sure you've seen performances that you didn't love from someone, but in a scene or in a look or... uh, I mean, it's just randomly off the top of my head, like one that comes to mind where it was a performance I heard where it just didn't feel like he was in it. It's one of my favorite. The Joker. You know, Mark Hamill's sure. Joker. Uh, I heard a clip from when he did the killing joke, I think. Mm-hmm. And it literally just sounded like a tired guy. Like <laughs> it, it, it didn't sound like it was it was so shocking to hear. Right. Like I, I was just taken aback. I was, I mean, disappointed. I don't know. It's a lot of words. Well, I was talking. Well, I mean, and I think that's valid. But I, what I want to know is like within a film, have you seen a performance that other people have really liked? But and even though you didn't like it, you were able to you found you found one scene or one look or one choice because that's the thing that fascinates me. Acting is choices. Man. Yeah. It's like, did you see one choice where like, look, this movie was fucking like not good and he wasn't good in it or she. Hashtag feminism. Uh, but... Uh, okay, I think I kind of have one. What do you got? Uh, solo. Like, I don't really love that movie, but by the end of it, the guy I was like, all right, like, 
I, I buy it. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Thankless fucking job. Anyone who's not Harrison Ford is going to be shit on, and that yeah. dude did a decent job. Yeah, like, the mov- I, I didn't hate... I hated him the least about that movie, probably. Right. I, also, Donald Glover, kind of bad in that movie. Dude, he was doing... He was this close, and my fingers are very close, people, to doing an SNL performance. That's what it felt like. No, no. Do you remember when uh, when SNL did the live episodes and they did Young Tracy Morgan and they got Donald Glover to play Young Tracy Morgan? Was it the same thing? Uh, well, it, that's what it felt like. <laughs> I was just like, this is borderline SNL cutaway material. Like, and, and I love him. I got his fucking albums he's, he's on amazing. vinyl. He's yeah. great. He's, he's so. I, he is such an inspiration. I rewatch Community all the time, and I'm like, this guy is. He's the Will Ferrell of that show, in as much that like I like, look at him and I die laughing because I know how funny he is. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I realize Will Ferrell's movies largely suck, but he is one of the few people where I'm just like, all right, do something funny, fucker. You know what I mean? He's just got that face. Donald Glover is very similar to me. So, so, but that's what. So that's very interesting to me. So it's like, yeah, like you, but you were won over by that. I was just talking about a performance that you didn't like, but you were won over by a moment. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think of one and i don't think anything's really coming to mind like that like because most things that i really don't like like i'd have to think to something that like just overall i don't like right and i watch a lot of bad movies but like usually the whole performance is bad i mean I don't, <laughs> well here's what? an example here's an example so sure. there's a movie in 2008 i remember called the reader and i remember for very weird reasons because i just think me and my ex-girlfriend like f- had a f- fuck session or whatever but it was on for a long time mm-hmm. sorry to be salacious i won't say her name uh but what i'm saying is like i watched that movie in between a bunch of like having sex or whatever uh-huh. and watching it and it's a movie with i don't know if you've seen it but it's a movie with kate winslet from 2008 where she plays someone who like worked with nazis or whatever no, i haven't seen she that. has an affair with a, familiar she has though. an affair with a 16 year old kid in the movie which wow. right <laughs> like let's talk about that she has a, uh, but but then in the future grows up to be adult ralph fines uh mm-hmm. and 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 it's during the nuremberg trial so during nazism at its height Crazy. she had this fucking tryst with this kid and he would read to her all the time he would read her these books we call it that's why the movie's called the reader and you find out in the nuremberg trials that she's being accused of all these like horrible horrible crimes that she couldn't have committed for the sheer reason that she's illiterate but she won't admit that that she's illiterate. Only Ralph Fiennes knows this because he read her all the time. And it was just this, I'm like, this movie's bullshit. Fuck this whole movie. And then at the Nuremberg trials, Kate Winslet does this one fucking thing where she is so proud. She knows, like you can see it in her eye. She's doing the fucking math, man. And she's like, if I admit this, I'm free. But if I don't admit this, then I thought of one. Give it to me, baby. Uh, (laughs) Phantom Thread. Phantom Thread. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, who? Really who? don't care for that movie. The lead actress. There was a moment like where she was I think she was poisoning him mm. and and they have like a back and forth and she looks at him like she's skeptical. It's like, does he know? Right. And I remember that moment. I Fuck. thought that was really good. But because I hate that. But movie. that's acting to me, oh, dude. Yeah, dude. Like, I mean, like when you, you totally lose sight of the person. Right. Like that is when that's why I think I'm leaning towards doing voiceover and stuff like that because right. there's it's a lot more opportunity if you can do the silly voices. In anonymity, I feel like people who do voice acting are doing it because they get it. Same thing with stunt people, like Derek Mears. Yeah. I got to meet. Do you know Derek Mears at all? Uh, no, but uh, I know that stunt people. You've seen a him a bunch. Derek Mears is is like every white supremacist you've ever seen on TV. <laughs> uh, by admission, he has alopecia. I'm sure he's a character actor well, I've he, seen before. Yeah, he was in Twin. He's in Twin Peaks. He played the Swamp Thing, like the actual Swamp oh, Thing. Yeah, I uh, saw that. I thought that was a train wreck. Uh, it's not great. Uh, but but. He he, the the prop work is phenomenal, yeah. and oh, he's yeah. great in it. Uh, and 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 he's he's he has alopecia, so he plays a lot of skinheads, uh, like not by uh, not on purpose. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But <laughs> it's, he's like, look, type. you're six foot six and you're bald. You're a fucking skinhead, all right? <laughs> like you know, it's, it's like if you're born seven foot five and you're in the inner city. I assume you're gonna try to play basketball, bro. Not to be shitty, but that seems like a natural escape. Don't like, you that's, want a that's career? The, that's the path of least resistance to get out. <laughs> like, and I grew up in the fucking hood, man. Like, I understand that shit. I wasn't seven feet tall, okay? So I started writing. Uh, but and, you know, I don't even I don't even know how we got here. The point is, I think that that's the most interesting thing is just is, is the choices that we make that all of this is artifice, but it has meaning. Um, there's a book over there that I might also make you read called Sapiens. It's a nonfiction book. I have homework. Uh, I I like reading, man. Because read no, one, I, that is one of my goals this year that I'm going to read. There's a book though that's sitting on my shelf that I've been meaning to read. It's um, 
the it's a book written by uh, the the girl who played Pam in The Office. Oh yeah, it's yeah. A, it's Jenna just Fisher. an actor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a book just like moving to L.A. and like the struggles. And I think that's who, great. We someone who that. stayed in my place was like, "Yeah, I read that in like two hours." I was like, "All right, fine, I'll fucking read it." Right, <laughs> right. Well, I, the, the the thing I was gonna say is about the Sapiens is like. It kind of goes into it's a nonfiction book. It's about like why did Homo sapiens win out in a world where like Neanderthals were stronger than us? They were mm-hmm. uh, the Cro Magnets that they also had tools. That's not special to us. Mm-hmm. So what do we have? And what we have like the the we don't know the exact moment of departure, right? But this is where sapiens and like the stoned ape theory kind of come in, which is like primordial, not primordial, but like but like anthropomorphic like gorilla beast people primates, right? Yeah. At some point they like took shrooms and that expanded their neocortex really? to the point that we were able to make things up. So, That's why we so survived. So they took shrooms and that made them have a good brain? Is That's that what the you're theory, saying? that it expanded the neocortex to the point where we could... Uh, Moral of the story is take mushrooms take and listen m- to this yeah, podcast. As much as you can. Um, <laughs> and if you play this, pa- this podcast backwards, uh, give me something. Give it, me something. It'll be the answers to Lost. I'll tell That's you what it. actually yeah, yeah. happened at the end of Lost and Twin Peaks at the same time in French yeah. only. <laughs> Um. Uh. Fuck. All right. So wait, hold on. Uh. Mushrooms. So, mushrooms. Yeah. So. 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 So the sapiens guys. Like, w- how did we win? Because we were able to convince other people that, like, bro, listen, it's okay. Give me all your bananas because in monkey heaven you can get a thousand bananas. Oh. It's fine, bro. Like we. Homo sapiens, we figured out how to lie creatively. We figured out how to adapt. Like, and, and so that's the thing. Like, when people talk about, like, oh, you're a fucking artist, like, get a job, be a plumber. My dad's a plumber and he loves me, but mm-hmm. he every day <laughs> is like, why aren't you a plumber? People are going to need sinks and toilets. And that's I agree true. with that logic. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the same time, I'm like, there's nothing more human than me having this thing of, like, I need to tell stories. Yeah. Uh, that's the reason we won. We like, won through the whenever, primordial Whenever I talk to people, like, I, I hate asking that classic question, what do you do? It's it's always like, like, but, like, really, like, what is your thing? Like, what's your creative thing? And it always, like, makes me so sad when people are like, uh... I don't know, a doodle in my notebook sometimes. Right. It's like, dude, come on. Well, I think it's like, uh, and and we should wrap this up, but I would say, I think that's a really interesting thing about creativity in general. When people say, oh, I can't sing. I say that all the time. I can't sing. Yeah. Play the fuck out of a piano, play the fuck out of guitar and drums, can't sing. But that's not true. What what, what happened was I had a shitty uncle. I I had like a mean mom. I had someone who said, you can't sing, so shut the fuck up. Like, Mm -hmm. no, that's not true because when we sing happy birthday, everyone knows to hit those specific notes notes sure. to make that right so it's like creativity in general is this thing that can either be fanned right mm-hmm. the flame or it can be snuffed out like that's what's so fascinating to me is like we're all on these individual journeys but everyone can do something but so i don't you, think it'll get snuffed out i think that if you repress it hard enough it'll just make that like that diamond that pressure you're putting on it it's just going to blow up in a different direction that's what I always towards hope what for. like four chan and I, shit. Oh like, God, hopefully <laughs> not. No, I'm just saying. I hope that you know that they can find a way to Pro- professionally. Themselves. They'll yeah, fucking yeah, kill a professional. Sure. Well, what I'm saying is, I think everyone born has the ability to be Shakespeare. I mean, I'm not saying that sardonically or whatever. I mean, when you're to, born to some degree in some art form. Sure. Right, right, right. So there's this. I'm Spanish, I'm Puerto Rican, and growing up there was this uh, guy named uh, Chesperito. Right, Chesperito was they called him Little Shakespeare. Is mm-hmm. kind of what it translated to. And he did two shows. He did El Chapolin Colorado, which is the red grasshopper, and El Chavo de Ocho, which is the kid from Eighth Street. Okay, and this guy like was the shit. He was amazing, mm-hmm. but he also had a fucking structure that was like you can be an artist. Like his, I hear about that because that's so so hippie, like New World parenting. But when I hear about that from like. 1946 mm-hmm. I cry because it's like <laughs> there's someone who believed in their kid I honestly believe everyone can be a creative no we get yeah I think you're totally right and I, I think we'll wrap it up like right here but last thing I'll say on it uh, because it's my podcast do I'll it. have the last <laughs> word uh, I'm, I'm very thankful that my parents were as encouraging as they were you know like they they let me just have the freedom to express myself and I just so happened to take an acting class and I found passion in it and they were always there to support me for it. 
Right. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that. And I always think that people should be encouraged to do creative things. And looking back, like my parents tried to teach me instruments, you know, and I wish I would have learned them. But it was it was still like they were trying to push me in their own way. It just it didn't work out because I wanted to play the drums. My mom handed me a guitar. It's like, right. bro, this is not what I asked for. Right. So I never really got into that. But like I also would say like that I'm not a singer, but I, I, I'm learning. I'm getting better. But uh we're always getting better. This podcast will continue to get better. Uh, thank you so much for all this, for joining me on this podcast. No, and dude, it was a blast, content. seriously. And I like I, I, I really believe in the format. I, I Listen, I'm not a person to blow smoke up someone's ass. If mm-hmm. I think you suck, I'll tell you. I had I'd like a fun. We just chatted for about an hour, and I thought it was really good conversation. Like anyone listening on the street would be like, maybe these two assholes have no qualifications, but they're saying some stuff I like. And uh, so I just want to thank you for having me on, dude. And again, if you don't have a guest, hit your boy up. Uh, and go ahead, plug your site and all your stuff. Cool. Well, you'll be on the site soon. So uh, you can find uh, my podcast and future podcasts uh, at a littlefireburning.com. That is a littlefireburning.com. Uh, I'll get into the origin of that later on. Uh, but you can also, if you want, starting next week, uh, so can I really plug my comic? I'm, yeah, start- yeah, yeah. I'm starting to sell my comic on no, my website. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Here's the thing. If you buy a comic now, there's only a hundred left of the original printing. So you're going to be like one rarefied form, but two, everything I get uh, will go to issue two, which is being pr- produced now. So if you guys believe in artists, like I hope you do. And that's my, that's my other parting thing. Uh, if your friends are in art, support your fucking friends. Julian, when's your next stand up session? Cause I'm going to uh, be there. It's, it's not to be announced on this podcast. <laughs> uh, I'll go to the open mic. Mike at Acme on Lancashire and uh, and Magnolia in North Hollywood regularly on Wednesdays and Sunday. And I'll be around the circuit at different mics there, going to the fourth wall or Bert's back room or just the fourth wall cafe. Like, I'm not, maybe in two months or something, I'll finally have a set together. A set but, thing? like, okay. I, I've been jumping around. I Every week the last year when I was doing my stand-up, I would be like, all right, I'm going to do a new set because I hate that. And sure. Like, it wasn't even that bad. I'd go back and listen to it and be like, why am I so mad at myself? Like, it's not <sighs> even that awful. One of the things I really wanted to ask you, I know we're wrapping up, so let's just promise a part two of this. No, anyway, it was. Or maybe can, I can give a quick answer, but yeah, go ahead. Ask. I doubt it because then we're going to go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> I was going to ask specifically about who are your who are your three uh, uh, comedians uh definitely um mitch hedberg okay. and uh uh yeah that guy you know who i'm talking about yeah rodney, rodney dangerfield. dangerfield okay yeah, i was yeah, like holy yeah. shit yeah. <laughs> like okay yeah, yeah rodney dangerfield was amazing i remember uh it wasn't even that long ago someone told me the uh one of his jokes it was like yeah i told my dad i was tired of running around in circles he said shut up and he nailed my other foot down <laughs> and i'll never forget how funny I thought that was. And I was like, this is so simple. And uh, for a third answer, got to go with the greatest of all time, Dave Chappelle. Uh, Dave Chappelle. Uh, dude, I, I think wow. that that guy, he, when he when you watch him, dude, it feels like he has his arm around your shoulder and he's talking to you about a homeless guy about to come on your face and calling it chemical warfare. Right. right he, he well, he's nailed it in a way that few have, yeah. where he's made it this conversational and at times... Uh, diary format of, mm-hmm. of stand-up comedy which other people do but no one's done it like no, him no um like just a very quick retort i mean i would say like it's it's i i get why people don't pick carlin but at the same time carlin for me yeah he's is, amazing he's the greatest wordsmith who has ever decided to go into comedy like he could be the greatest writer of all time if he mm-hmm. just focused all his energy on that uh and he never lost it but there's two versions of carlin there's everything before 89 and then there's everything after 89 is that and when he stopped doing cocaine or something uh, no it's just when he he started to like have an aesthetic like he was a wacky like oh. whoa and and then in 89 it might have been your old well your old disease is 96 back in town maybe he he decides like what you know is george carlin from our lifetimes the all black slick back ponytail mm-hmm. fucking politically concise comedian like but never falling uh so never- who bill maher wants to be Bill Maher really wants to be him uh, <laughs> to the point where it's really depressing because Bill Maher is such Bill Maher is the Jim Belushi to George Carlin's John Belushi. You know what I mean? Like gotcha. you're a pale facsimile at best, Bubby. Uh, Damn. You're on the right side of things. And that's the only redeeming thing about yeah. you. Like, <laughs> oh, anyway, I look, like, we'll, we'll, we'll get into this. No, some that, other that's time, a, that, yeah. that was great. Now, last thing I'll say is uh, the only place this is going to be linked is so there's going to be a SoundCloud hosting the 
the show, obviously, but there's going to be an Instagram called the No Friends Podcast Instagram. So just go check that out. Give us a like. And every time there's a new episode posted, I'll post some sort of picture and there will be a link attached on the front of the page. So thanks so much for listening. And also, hey, check out my Instagram, Hemmendinger, H-E-M-M-E-N-D-I-N-G-E-R. And do you want to give yeah, one last very, plug? Very quickly. Uh, Instagram, Christian.Monster. It's that simple. And Christian Leon. Torres on Facebook, come yell at me. Uh, and again, J- Julian, thank you so much for having no, me. No, thank you for letting me have you. <laughs> Weird. Stop. <laughs> <laughs>